Okay, so welcome back guys. Thanks for being here today. I'll be making the <laughs> little clap, little clap. Today I'll be making the message. And the message today is on identity. 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 Yes. And I think it's a really important topic uh, for many reasons for the for the church and for those that perhaps like don't really believe in God. Or for those that that like go to church but they don't really follow God, I think this is a really important topic to have because it's very. Um, I've learned that identity is very, very close with what our calling is, like very seriously what what we were created to do, and what God wants us to do. Well, before we kick the bucket, you know, before we die. And identity is like all over that, and it has to do with who God is and who, who we are, to Him and what He's called us to be, and it's a lot of stuff. Like definitely, I like I can, I can talk, all day, all week, all month, all year about it, cause it's it's a very it's not it's not like a little thing like, like I don't know if you've had the chance to like listen to preachings before and. Essentially, all they tell you is like, oh, it's it's Jesus. <laughs> like, that's that's our identity. Just look to Jesus and you'll, like, find out what, what it's all about. It's not that complicated. And it isn't. But I feel like more there's more depth to it than simply being like, well, whoever Jesus is, we're, we're, his, we're his children. And, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's not that simple. And it's not that shallow. It's, like, it's very rich. It's very beautiful, what I found. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So, to start off, I searched the definition of identity. And it says, the condition or character as to who a person or a thing is. The qualities, beliefs, etc. that distinguish or identify a person or a thing. Another definition is, the condition of being oneself or itself and not another. So basically, identity is what makes us, us. It's the reason why you, Carlos, do not look like Ian, and you, Ian, do not look like me. It's, it's physical, it's, it's spiritual and emotional. It, it has to do with our genes. That's why if you ever had the chance to, like, you know, put your thumbprint, I don't know. I had to do it at some point. That's so that they can identify us. Because we don't have the same thumbprint. You don't, even though me and you were brothers, have the identical genes, we come from the same father or mother, our thumbprint is not the same. Actually, not even close. It's very different. There's a different pattern. It's crazy because there is nobody else like you. I just want you guys to like, like really, like let that sink in for like a second. Out of all the people that have been created, are currently alive, and who are yet to be born, and who will ever be born, there will never be anyone like you. That's identity. Your genes are different. Everything about you is different. And that's... The physical, but there's also like the personality-wise, right? 
Like there's things that make you, you. For the same reason when something happens, you might not react the same way as other people do, right? And that's kind of what the definition of identity is that they gave me. But I would like to add a little, like something else. Many people think that our identity is random. Like, aside from the fact that we are all uniquely different and nobody else will ever be like us, we, we, we kind of like go back to this thought subconsciously, I feel like, that we kind of are who we are because it's like random. I feel like, like I, I thought that at some point, like in the past when, when I didn't, you know, know God or go to church, I thought that I was, I was born in like the history and timeline of creation. Uh, I was just like a random being, so I'm here, right? And yeah, I may be like unique, but like there's, there's no, there's no importance generally of who I am. It's, and that's kind of like how the world sees it. Like you're unique, nobody else will be like you. So it's kind of up to you to make yourself important because like you're random and it diminishes the worth of who we are. But the Bible tells a different story. I find in, in scripture time and time again, and you could, whoever may be listening to this, you can find in scripture time and time again that our identity is very closely linked to God. And some of you guys that like have been going to church for a very long time, you're like, duh. Right. But it's 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 closer to that. We it it's so much to the point that we are only who we are because God designed it for it to be that way. It's very deep. And I want to give a, a, like a couple of examples of like how the world glorifies God. I, I didn't add it into my notes, but maybe you've heard of this story where, where Jesus, speaking to, I believe, Peter, one of his disciples, and tells him, if you do not worship me, the rocks will worship you. For you. And that's like a very like given fact that that everything glorifies God. The sun, the moon, the stars, the ocean, everything glorifies God in in a certain way. Not not necessarily like, you know, physically, like they actually have arms and mouths. But like it's amazing to me because and I'm gonna give the example of honey. Honey, okay. Honey is sweet. But what if I told you that honey is only sweet because God is sweet? What if I told you the sun is only glorious because God is glorious? What if I told you everything that has ever existed ever is meant to glorify Him in a certain way? And it happens. Many people. That's why so many people that begun to like search for God can always tell you. And Billy Graham said this, I looked 
to the, to the sky and I said, there must be a God. Because we see how big the stars and the sun, and we see everything. It's so big and so grand. It's like beyond our imagination. And we think a God must have like, done that. A God must have thought about that. Only a God could have done that. And it glorifies God. Right? In that same way how honey is only sweet because God is sweet. In the same way, you are only who you are because it glorifies God. Because God designed it to be that way. I wish I should. I could Like a whole bunch of verses are coming up to me even now. Like when God like spoke to Jesus and the Holy Spirit in Genesis, like the first chapter of the Bible. He said, like, let us make God in our own. Let us make, I'm sorry, let us make man in our own image. And he didn't say, let us design a new creature. Let us, let us make something that's good, or that can be functional for us, for it to worship us. He says, no. Let us make man in our own image. I'm going to read you guys this. Oh, no. I want to elaborate further on that. Because I know somebody is going to be here and say, like, okay, but it's, it's like they could think, well, a lot of things influence us. You know, like the, like the homes we live in, the experiences that we've gone through, and, and we're, and people think, like, no, that is what makes us, us. Because there's some truth to that. Like a little, like a baby is like Play-Doh. It's like a blank piece of paper. Whatever happens to it, it like molds it. It makes it into, like, the person that it will become. In the same way, like, things happen to us. We've seen things. We have heard things, good or bad. And that has formed us negatively or positively and somebody's i know somebody's gonna say like no it's it's not it's not god but i would even go even further and say that god allowed and even sometimes created the things that influenced us one of the biggest things is our parents who gave the order for you to have the parents you have God and he designed them in such the perfect way so that they could be the best parents for you as imperfect as they are they are perfectly imperfect for you their faults help you in some ways sometimes and it's just so amazing and I could prove it James the book of James chapter 1 verse 17 says Every good and perfect gift is from above. Notice how it says some perfect gifts and whatever, and you know, it says every. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear every, I hear everything. Every good and perfect gift. Meaning that, meaning every perfect gift that was before us, that is here now, and that will be here when we leave. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from who? The Father of the heavenly lights. It does not change like a shifting shadow. Every good and perfect gift. 
I don't know about you, but I think my parents are gifts. I really, I really thank God for them. And maybe not, maybe you did you you didn't get the chance to like grow up with the father or mother or whatever. Maybe it was your friends. That counts. Right? Therefore, nothing that you are that makes you you is random or an accident. By that, we can already state clearly and confidently that nothing that you are is an accident. You weren't created accidentally. You're not just like a random like thing that happened in the course of, of history. You are who you are because somebody wanted you to be that way. And that's amazing. Now, when did you receive this identity? Was it when you were born? Was it when you, you know, became Christian? Was it when, like, the moment you stepped into the church or whatever, right? I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to elaborate on this verse, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's really amazing what I found. I want to start off by saying we are God's handiwork, meaning he made us. Oh, man. Again, I should have added this verse. Dang it. Ah. But I'm just going to speak on it. Again, first book, first chapter, I mean. Of, of the first book of the Bible. God says this. That he spoke light and the world into creation. He just spoke it. He said, let it be done. And it, and it was. And God said that it was good. That happened until he, he went to, to like living things. Birds and the, and the fish in the ocean. And the cattle and everything that crawls on the ground. He said, let it be done. And it was done. And he said it was good, but he also blessed it. Something that he did not do with the light or the sun or the, or the moon or, or the stars or the earth. He, he specifically says he blessed what, what, what had life. But then when he gets to humans... When he gets to mankind, he does not simply bless it. He does not even speak it. You know what your perfect and awesome father does? The God of the ages, the one who was, is, and will be, he got on his knees, rolled up his sleeves, and went into the mud and shaped you with his own hands. Nothing that you are the height that you are, the length of your nose that you might not like, it was all created by him with his own hands. He didn't even speak it. To the very sun and the moon and, and the earth and the stars and, and the length of space, he spoke into creation. He just said, let it be done, and it was. And to even living things, he said, let it be done, and he blessed it. But to us, not only did he bless it, he went down on his knees. God, like, we're not talking about just anybody. We're not talking about the person that we hear about in church. 
We're talking about God. The God. The only God. Went down on his knees. And went into the mud and created you by hand. We are God's handiwork. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now I want to elaborate on this because it's very specific to Christians. He says, created in Christ Jesus. That already gives us a category. That this verse is speaking to those that believe in God. And not just those that go to church. Or that do churchy things. Or have been instructed to not do or do certain things. We're saying those that have put their faith in Jesus. Completely and wholeheartedly. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Right? And, I'll, and I'll come back to this. But I just wanted to state that this is speaking to Christians. Those that believe in God. I'll come back to this. Remember that even if I forget, somebody please remind me because what I'm going to say is really good. And he says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let me read that again. It's like, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now we already learned that our identity and who we are was already like he thought about us. Like, I'm not sure if I spoke on it. Maybe I suggested it. But I'm going to just say, the identity comes before the world was even made. And I'm going to tell a verse on that. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, yeah. I'm going to give like a little taste. I'm not supposed to. I'm, I'm supposed to follow the order that I made. But I'm going I'm to read just to prove it. Just for those that are not believing me. It's like, like are getting a little confused. Like how could he have done that when he made me after he made the earth? Like, you know, those Bible scholars that go like, oh, actually, you're wrong. I did not, you know. But here it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Oh, I'm going to read verse 5. In love he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. I'm going to just stop there because it's too good. It's too good. And I'm going to ramble. Like that's amazing. Before there was anything. He already called you. Now again, this is to the Christian. This is specifically to the one that believes and trusts Jesus. To those that have accepted him into his heart, God is telling you that he knew that you, he would find you. And he actually planned for it. So when did we receive our identity? Before the creation of the world. And that's not just a fun fact. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 again. For we are God's handiwork. Created by his own hands. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we learned already a couple of things. We learned that He knew us before there was anything. We knew that He gave us an identity before the world was even made. And we know that we're not accidents. That means that everything that we are, every good thing, like I don't, I don't want people to be like, like, like give excuses like, oh, I'm, I'm sassy and like, like mean and like I, I like, I'm just like mean to everybody because that's how God made me. Like, no, we did not make you like that. And if you want, you can read the Bible and you'll find out that no, He does not like that. Right? So I'm talking about every good thing, every like, like that thing, like that spark that makes you you. That is your identity. The thing that makes you, you, and different from everybody else. That could be your, your thumbprint. Your personality. When somebody says your name and already knows, like, yeah, that's them. Like that, God thought about it and created it by hand. Before the creation of the world. But then he goes even further. He says, not only that, but I had you in mind. And while I had you in mind, I set things forth in the world for you to accomplish. That means there's problems in the world currently and that will be will happen in, in the future. And there's people that have not even been born yet. And as Christians, you have been called. I'm going to change it to Christians. I'm going to make it more specific. As followers of the only God, there's things that have not happened yet and people that have not been born yet that you have been called to do before there was even anything. To simplify. God designed tasks and accomplishments and success that He has in mind. He created those things. He already had those things in mind for you to accomplish. Before he even made you. And then he goes further and says, And I made you before. I thought about you before. There was even anything. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Not just works. Good and genuinely good and pleasing works. Which God prepared, made, created, thought of, and planned for. In advance for us to do. I don't know if I, I, I confused anybody. I talked a lot. It just basically says that before he made you, he already knew what you were meant to do. And he made you. He thought about you, I mean, before there was even a world. That's amazing. Now, what is it for? Why, why is this for? This is, this is a scary topic that not many, not many churches talk about. I, I find that many people stray, like stray from it because it's a very scary, scary question. And many people live their whole lives and don't even ask this question. What was I put on this earth to do? Like, that's a very important thing. It's not, it's not the same as like, like what can I do? Or what do I have the abilities to do? Or even how can I make the world better? It's literally, what were you designed to do? And as we learned, God knew, knows that. 
So let's ask, what is it even for? Like, why? Like, honestly, like, God, why did you make me? That's the question. Why did you make me? That's a very scary question to ask God. I like me personally, because and and just to, you know, I forgot how the phrase goes. Just, just like call out the elephant in the room. What if I don't like my calling? That's why it's scary. And many people don't don't listen to God because they hear something and they're like, oh, I don't like I don't like that, so they don't listen. But I found something something really awesome that I want to share with you guys. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Like what we just talked about in the following verse. Before you were made, he knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I don't know. I don't know why nobody just like like just like started like cheering for that. But that's amazing. Before you were born, he set you apart from a crowd of millions of people that were made, are currently made, and will be made. He says, "You, you are mine. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations." There, I don't know if you guys noticed, I appointed you to a, as a prophet to the nations. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, Before I formed you in, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And this is our calling. This is our calling. Every single one that is listening to this right now, this is what you were called to do. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And there's many verses that elaborate on this. Maybe this is very vague and, and shallow. You know, Maybe it's not explaining the full depth of what we are and what we're called to do. But this, in a nutshell, this is what you're called to do. All right, I'm, I'm going to start again. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's what we found out. But before you were even made, God already knew you. Before you were conceived. And as we learned, before the creation of the world was, he knew you. So before he knew your parents or your grandparents, he already knew you. That's crazy. Before you were born, I set you apart. You are selected. I want you to feel that. In your identity, I want you to feel that. I really like this verse. I really do. Because that's her calling. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. We no longer have to look. Like, isn't that crazy? We no longer have to be like, like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what it is. And like, stress out about it. If you're going to succeed in life. Because God already said, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That's your calling. Now, again, some people might be like, you know, that's kind of boring. Like, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to be a prophet, bro. I I kind of, I want to be like a mechanic. I, I like cars, so I just thought about that. I don't know about that. I kind of like music. Oh, uh, what else? What you like to do? I, I just want to play, I just want to join, like, the, the esports 
and like make a living out of that. You know, that's what I that's what I want to do. I'm not sure if I want to be a prophet. No, but like hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna go and end this with this, okay? Again, why is it important? Why is it important? Essentially, why should we care? Like, what what is it to us that we have a calling, that we're that he knew us, and all these things that are actually really cool on their own? Like, why is it important? Why is it relevant? Ephesians chapter one. Verses 3 to 10. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Again, we see our calling. What were we, what were we called to do? Before the creation of the Lord, to be, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the rich, which is of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and <clears throat> on earth under Christ. Now, I know, I already know what you guys are thinking. What the heck did he just say? Like, you guys are just like, you guys just blanked on me, you sinners. You just blanked on me. I bet you don't listen when the pastor speaks at church, huh? Now nah, I'm just playing. When I read that, it was pretty complicated. <laughs> and I I find like many people find themselves stuck in this place where where God is just very very like the idea of God is very dull and and following him just doesn't seem to tickle our fancy and we and we see this where we're called to do something bigger than us that's what Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 10 says. We were called to demonstrate his, his blessings and his grace and his love. That means that when people look to you, they're going to be like, that's how much God loves us? Like, man, you, I'm like, I know you don't do this, but man, you were, you were like a murderer. I'm going to think you're, I think, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, I'm going I'm I'm to just, just talk to you like you're Apostle Paul, okay? You like, you like killed Christians. You were the worst of the worst. I'm sorry, bro. You were the worst of the worst. That's not true. And like, God changed you into who you are now. Like, we have a glorious and amazing God. Um, who's next? Who wants to be? Who wants to be next? All right, my guy, you're Peter. Like you, you abandoned Jesus when he needed it most. Yeah, you would never do that. You're a good guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and God still used you. Like wow, we have an amazing and awesome God. And I find that when that that it's this that that's what we were called to do. But I want to go, like, even further. Even, even further than this. 
Actually, I did. How did I not thought this down, my guys? Ah, uh, I'm gonna have to search it up real quick. What was it? What was it? What was it? What was it? Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, boom. Oh, I know, I know the verse by by heart, but I I don't know like exactly where the verse is documented. Okay. Oh, it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. How could I forget? Okay. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. If you want to memorize the verse, this is the verse the verse to memorize. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you. What plans? The plans I created before there was a world, and the plans I instilled in you before you were even made. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Meaning, the plan. If you follow my plans, you're not gonna face failure. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Basically, I got good plans, not bad plans. Plans to give you hope in the future. What's this hope? Apostle Paul talks about it. I'm not gonna look for this one. I know I'm not gonna find it. He says. He's talking about Moses, the old law. It says, if what was transitory came with glory, how much more glorious is that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. The hope he has for us is basically when we look to everything the earth is, we realize that there's something even greater. And there's a verse like that. Again, I don't know the... Guys, I'm like, I'm like falling behind on these verses. Like God is talking to me right now. God says, look to the heavens and to the earth. The heavens will fade away like smoke. And the earth will, will fade away like a garment. And its peoples die like flies. But my salvation will never fade away. My righteousness will never fail. Dang, that's powerful. That I don't know about you, but when I heard that, I like cried so much. Because I thought, like, God, how could you think about me so much? Like you went on your knees and created me from dirt. You put a purpose in me. A purpose that will never fail. And not only a purpose that is important and bigger than me, but a purpose that is made to fulfill me and reach the highest potentials of my being. That means that I could search in the whole world. I could look to games. I could look to money. I could look to, to whatever the world offers and still know that God has something that is greater than this 10 times over. Because he knows me like that. He made me like that. He says he knows the stars by name and he knows how many hairs Hair follicles, I have that at the top of my head. He knows me like that. And I'm not trying to put like false hopes in everybody and be like, oh, then I, I want a Mercedes Benz, you know, because God, no. Like, again, did you not listen? The whole world will fade away and the very heavens will fade away. But will he has his plans that are good and righteous, fulfilling and pleasant. Those will never fade away. Man, 
Well, that's my message, but I just wanted to end it up with like a, a good, like, just prayer. My God, I, <laughs> you're so amazing that you would think about me so much, Lord. That you would plan so much. That you would take the time to just think about me. I am again a flush. I don't know who just flushed right now, but it interrupted my prayer. Oh man, Jesus. I'm gonna make it quick before somebody makes another noise. I thank you. We thank you, God. Because today we realize that we don't have to look no more for who we are. We don't have to look for satisfaction no more. We don't have to worry about success or failure, Lord. I thank you, God, because you are good. And you're amazing, Lord. And your plans are good for me. You know me by heart. And if I follow you, I will find myself. And I thank you again for using me, Lord. I thank you for everybody that heard this and was impacted by it, God. I pray, God, that from this day forth, they no longer feel scared. That like Apostle Paul said, that we have such a hope that we are very confident, that we are very bold going on to the world and doing what you have called us to do. You have called us to be a prophet to the nations. And you promised me that as, that as, much, as, as much as that sounds, you promised that it's good for me and that I will find my greatest potential there that I will be fulfilled because they're your plans and they're made for me specifically. I could never find a greater hope, a greater happiness anywhere in the world because you've already thought about that for me, Jesus. We thank you, God, and bless everybody that heard this. In Jesus' name, amen.